Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voice of Olympus. This is your host, Hercules Invictus, and uh, our first uh, co-host is uh, Brian Walker of Brian's Drive-In Theater. Greetings, Brian. How are you? I'm fine, uh, and good evening, Hercules. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that, and good evening uh, to you uh, as well. We've come full circle. Uh, We've taken the grand tour um, of uh, Brian's Drive-In Theater uh, and uh, we've uh, attempted uh, some science fiction and other themed shows. Now we're back to the many faces of Hercules, which is what drew me to your site in the first place. And that's great to hear. And actually, that was the uh, very section of my website. Um, and if you uh, look at the uh, dates of origin, uh, you'll see um, that the many faces of Hercules debuted on the same day as my website. Awesome. Do you want to take us on a quick tour of that page, and then we will uh, start planning future episodes where we'll delve in depth into these uh, living legends that, uh, uh, though their career was short-lived on the screen, continue to influence us to this day? Sure. Um, I, I've got to say, um, this is probably the only page uh, on my website where I don't have the actors in alphabetical order. Uh, and there's one specific reason for that. Um, when I first started building this page, I, um, I started off with Steve Reeves because he was the actor. Well, and and I'm sorry, he is the actor that I think everyone associates, uh, with the character of Hercules in cinema. I don't know. Well, I I thought you probably would agree with that. And um, I've never been able to bring myself to um, alphabetize the many faces of Hercules section because of that, because I would have to put him way down the page in the R's, and I just don't think he belongs there. I really think that he belongs at the top. So uh, if you've ever gone through my website and wondered, gosh, why isn't that alphabetized because everything else is, that's the reason. You know, I ran um, into the same but, problem uh, when I, I did a I did a um, a website a while ago where um, I was looking at the different people who played uh, Hercules and I had some information about them and then uh, links, uh, and uh, I did do it in alphabetical order, but it didn't seem right, so I created a separate uh, Steve Reeves site. <laughs> this way, people can go there to to find out more and to get more involved, and then everybody else was in alphabetical order. 
Well, and, and you you don't know how many times I have almost alphabetized it, and <laughs> at the very last second, I've I've hit cancel instead of send, uh, so that it hasn't happened. Um, but like I said, I just I, I I along with you probably you know, millions of other people just identify Steve Reeves so closely with the role of Hercules that I just can't bear to put him so far down. Uh, on the page, I really think he needs to be at the top, I and for a lot of reasons too. And you know, uh, at the beginning of the show, you pointed out that a lot of these actors uh, had very short-lived careers, and you know, for Reeves, I mean, his acting career didn't last very long. I mean, no, you're quite right about that. But you know, in the span of uh, five or six years, he made such an impact. Uh, that even though he started his he started in his first uh, Hercules uh, film more than sixty years ago, even today you know we still think of him as the archetypal Hercules. Yes, the classical Hercules. Exactly, uh, and uh, even better, um, I, uh, most of his films, and, and like I said, he didn't make that many, but most of his films are. You know, readily available, uh, whether it's uh, you know on DVD or uh, at least streaming. I mean, there's you, a number of his films are available uh, in a variety of places. Some of which are public domain, and at least these days, you can get pretty good copies on uh, archive.org of some of Reeves' films. Uh, on my Steve Reeves page, uh, I have uh, the original Hercules film from 1958. Uh, linked and it's a beautiful copy. I don't know if you've uh, ever taken a look at what uh, changesarchive.org has made lately, but um, they've been uh, adding um, not only more content, but they've been going back and revisiting uh, the content that they have, and uh, they've put uh, some much better copies, uh, some of which are approaching HD uh, in quality. Oh, wow! And yeah, and you, you were like me. You you saw these uh, originally as a child, you know, on TV, and they were probably yeah. using an old drive-in print that was scratched to death mm-hmm. and had a lot of static. Um, and part of the, part of the quality of those films was kind of the, uh, inherent in all that was sort of a, a bit of a charm for me, you know, with the negative scratches and. Um, you know, the muffled sound, but to see these, you know, uh, restored um, and in uh, high definition is really something. You know, the colors are so vibrant, and uh, the cinematography is really wonderful. Uh, The sets are usually very opulent, uh, and they're spectacles. I mean, they're epics. They are uh, certainly worthy of being watched, uh, you know, even 60 years later. Oh, most certainly so. I watch them all the time, as anybody who listens to the show or has friends on Facebook knows that um, I exercise these movies because they're what originally inspired me to exercise. <laughs> so even though it's many years later and I'm a 60-year-old man, uh, the, uh, the films still inspire me to want to work out and help uh, me focus, and uh, um, I, I love them still. It's been a lifetime with these films, and uh, it, it hasn't gotten stale yet. 
And, you know, that's an excellent idea uh, to have these on you know, while you're exercising. Um, you know, w- when when you're a young man, uh, exercise, well, I mean, it's, it's important at every stage of life. But what I have been finding, you know, as uh, I'm now in my 50s is that I think it's more important than ever to keep moving because yes. I, I've got some back problems. Uh, I was in a car wreck a number of years ago, and my back just mm. isn't what I would like for it to be. But if I don't exercise, I mean, that's when I really think I start falling apart. I think it's just a necessity. Um, Anybody should be able to find 30 minutes a day or so uh, in order to be able to do it. And if you – watching these movies I think would be great inspiration. Now, I I, I usually don't have something like this on uh, when I'm exercising early in the morning after I uh, get up and have my morning coffee. But I think it's a great idea. I think more people should probably do that. As do I. Um, I've been uh, uh, promoting that throughout my many <laughs> entertainment ventures throughout the years. And uh, some people have uh, uh, actually uh, done it to good effect. But, uh, but again, it served me very well and it keeps me motivated. So, uh, um, you know, and I put it out there. So maybe it'll help somebody else uh, stay motivated. Now, um, I'm very, very, very uh, uh, much an admirer of uh, Steve Reeves. As I said, I had a Steve Reeves uh, site at one point, and um, I got to interview uh, George Helmer, and he's written several mm. books about uh, Steve Reeves, and he has a wonderful uh, website uh, that he's rebuilt yeah. uh, dedicated to uh, Steve Reeves. Uh, and I've had some other individuals uh, on the show who um, – knew Steve Reeves as well. I think it'd be interesting if you talk to them because you know a lot more about the films uh, than I ever will uh, in terms of the production and the people in them and you know, all, all that information. Uh, and they're very well versed on that as well. Is that something you'd like me to see uh, if we can make that happen in the near future? Oh, certainly, of course. Yeah, because uh, it, it's a new perspective, and, and, and I would sit and listen uh, and rap to that particular show to see what information comes out and what new perspectives I can glean. And, you know, there, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Reeves. I mean, he had, uh, you know, quite a career, you know, first, uh, you know, as a competitive bodybuilder. Um, he uh, trod the boards for a number of years, you know, as a journeyman actor before – you know, going to Italy and hitting it big. Um, And, uh, you know, early on in his career, he was able to command uh, some amazing salaries from these Italian producers. At the time, he was making about $250,000 a picture, which, you know, 60 years ago was real money. (laughs) That was Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Um, And, even though these pictures didn't have huge budgets uh, and for an actor to make that kind of money, um, you know, out of you know, what's essentially a lower budgeted picture uh, is that really you know, stands apart from, you know, most uh, B movies, usually in a B movie, you know, your actors, um, we're kind of on par with the rest of the production in, in terms of cost. And he was certainly the exception there. He uh, commanded that salary and he also, you know, packed the house. You know, if, um, you know, he was the star of the film, people were going to go see it no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's star power. And, and you, we, you, we have that today, you know, with, with 
few, a very select few actors who could carry a film. Uh, he was maybe one of the only actors in a lower budgeted film who could really, you, who whom you could really say that about. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so, and you know, moving. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was most certainly uh, true. He definitely had that uh, charisma. Um, and even though some people have described his uh, earlier performances as wooden, uh, none can deny that uh, he had that charisma. He he radiated it. Uh, so yeah, he was a big draw from the beginning. Well, and I don't I don't buy the, the wooden critique either. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, if you wa- if you go back and watch these films, I think he does a terrific job. I don't think his performance is wooden at all. Um, now, you know, it's since he was you know, the progenitor, since he was the first, um, there was really nothing to compare him to, you know, in the peplums. Um, and, you know, there are lots, uh, they're action films. There are lots of feats of strength. And yeah. you can tell, you know, watching these films that he knew exactly what he was doing here. Um, and I, like like I said, I just don't buy that wooden critique at all. I, I don't see him as a wooden actor. He he was not a new actor at that point either. He had he'd studied acting. He had he'd done it in um, you know uh, he'd done a few sm- uh, smaller pictures or small yes. roles and some bigger pictures. He'd been on television. Uh, he wasn't just thrown into this, you know, one day. Right. So I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that criticism at all. And I, I really think it's uh, unfair and unjust. Uh, as do I. But uh, again, like hearing what people uh, have to say and what they think and, you know, what they've written, you know, I've come across that uh, more than once, you know, as a criticism of uh, Steve. Oh, I have, and- too. I have too. And, and, and I think it's just wholly unfair. Um, that's not to say that, um, you know, there were you know several uh, actors who did Hercules films who you know, um, maybe didn't have you know a, a lot of acting experience. None of them were terrible, but I mean certainly not Steve Reeves. I mean, I, like I said, I just don't buy that that criticism at all. And I, I've seen it uh, a million times, and I bristle every time I see it. <laughs> I've learned a lot from, uh, you know, Steve Reeves also in, you know, getting to know him through other people and through the things that were written and the things that uh, uh, he wrote. And one of the, um, you know, very powerful uh, things that uh, uh, he uh, taught and showed by example is by really looking at your life early on and determining what exactly is it that you want and knowing that not everything will happen the way you want it, going after the things that you want, uh, except for, you know, and letting go a lot of the things that you don't want. So uh, that was very true of his acting. When he started getting his ranch and raising his horses, which is what he wanted, uh, he only made films on special uh, um, occasions. Um, so that that's a very important life lesson because a lot of us spend our life, you know, squandering it, doing a lot of things we don't really care about. You know, and that's a very good point too. And you know, the luxury of knowing at an earlier age um, what you want out of life. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that that was my experience, uh, but um, for people who do know 
what they want out of life at a young age. I mean, that does help, you know, guide and focus the rest of your life and your career, certainly. Um, I don't think all of us do know, or maybe we know what we want to do at 25, but what we wanted to do at 25 is not what right. we want to do at 30. And that probably describes me. <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, throughout the course of my life, my priorities have changed greatly. And I, I, I certainly hope I'm not the person that I was 30 years ago. Um, now, that said, I, I probably do still have uh, some of the same goals. I'd like to think that I'm, you know, a, a, as I've aged, I've become a better rounded, a better rounded individual. Um, but well, the, you know, for somebody, your drive-in theater certainly that that's been a constant for decades, and uh, that's actually, and, and, and that's probably been the biggest constant in my life to tell you the truth is just, you know, my love of these films. And this is something that did, uh, you know, start, uh, as a child. So yeah, you're probably right in that respect. Um, I, you know, what I have found after, uh, you know, turning 50 and having a few very significant life events, um, and I'm sure you'll uh, agree with this, um, your perspective changes and, yes. Yeah. The things, the things that you might have thought were important um, at 30, suddenly at 50 are not important not at all. Right. Yeah, but that's, that is very true. Um, and I'm finding that at 60, it's even more true. Um, I'm finding yeah, now with... I think with each decade, exactly. Yes, given, like, let's say I reached 90, <laughs> um, and most of my family reached, like, the late 80s or 90s, so I might get there... Um, Two thirds of my life have already passed, so the days before me are definitely less than the days uh, behind, um, and uh, so it really brings it into uh, question: What do I want to spend my rema- reminding, remaining time on? Given the fact that I don't know if I have these uh, uh, next thirty years, you know, I might have less than that. So uh, um, choosing what I really, really uh, enjoy who I really, really want to be with, what I really, really, you know, want to do. Those are very important. uh, And I find myself uh, thinking about them a lot more than I did in the past when I just did stuff. You know, if it came into my mind, I did it. You know, and uh, sometimes it was what I wanted to continue doing and sometimes it wasn't. And I discovered that through doing it. And now, again, there isn't enough life to really use that approach uh, because I I want to make each moment that I have, uh, and I don't know how many of that is, really count. That's true, but I think that that uh, perspective also makes you look at each day and say, you know what, I'm going to try to be as effective as I can today. Right. Um, it is all part of a bigger picture, certainly, but you know, if you just take it day by day and um, try to measure your effectiveness that way, I think it's actually there are some luxuries to aging, and I uh-huh. think that's one of them. You know, you don't always have to. You don't always have to be. Well, I mean, you you, you have to have goals, you know, throughout life. But you know, sometimes, you know, when you're young, you really can't see the forest for the trees, and right. I, I think that that is uh, one of the big benefits to aging is that. You, your heads together, um, 
you know, and you know what's important and you know what your priorities are. And, and so you certainly still have goals, but you, the, you, you're, any goal that you have is going to have, you know, a myriad pieces uh, to that puzzle. And each day is one of those pieces. And I think that you can be so effective later in life um, if you just take it one day at a time. I, I agree and with stay you. Focused. Yeah. And stay focused. Yeah. That each day, because uh, um, then I, I, I don't take uh, it into granted I'll wake up tomorrow. So each day is a new beginning, uh, I feel. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I just try to enjoy uh, each and every uh, moment. Uh, when I worked with uh, people in like ICUs and in emergency rooms and uh, in hospices and places like that over my career, uh, which was, uh, you know, included healthcare, um, I got to see that at the end of life, uh, very few things uh, mattered. One was that you had like a lot of good memories because those were like the best currency and, and people at the end of life weren't getting up out of their bed if they're lucid love sharing those things with other people and it makes them feel really good the worst thing you could have is regrets you know where you could have said something but you didn't you could have done something but you didn't you could have gone somewhere but you didn't uh and that's like the worst thing and then if there's even one soul alive uh who cares enough about you to visit from time to time even if it's a paid person as part of a staff uh that's like a great treasure so i i tried to uh, as best I could, uh, carried that with me through life and to try to, you know, uh, make everything matter, to to say the things I want to say, to do the things I want to do, um, you know, and uh, uh, not to uh, not do things out of fear. Um, and I'm finding that that's helped me through a lot of my life. And like everybody, I've been through uh, easy times and hard times and, um, you know, pleasant times and unpleasant times. That That's part of life's uh, roller coaster ride. Uh, but I found that having that perspective uh, really helped uh, uh, make the extremes less extreme and uh, less scary because uh, um, it passes and things happen. And that's, you know, that's, again, that's life. And uh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, um, you know, uh, you know, going back to uh, the many faces of uh, Hercules, uh, mm-hmm. um, portion of my website um as, as much as i like steve reeves um i've got uh, uh the actor gordon scott um beside him uh on the page and not that i have organized uh this section by you know how much uh you know i admire each actor but uh you know gordon scott i was, was you know, for me a very uh, influential uh, actor as well, um, you know, from his Tarzan movies, and he made you know quite a few pup, puplums as well, and uh, you know was a friend of uh, Steve Reeves. Um, yes. I don't, have you have you seen many of his peplums? Yes, I I, I think I've I've I don't have everything, but I have a phenomenally extensive uh, peplum collection, uh, originally on the VHS and now on DVD and. Mm-hmm. On, I haven't seen very much of it on Blu-ray, but Blu-ray's on its way out now too. No. So uh, I'm not going to be in a hurry to, to to search for any. Actually, I've been finding more and more uh, what I consider to be B films uh, coming out on Blu-ray. So really, I went to, um, 
Yeah, I was uh, in uh, my uh, your favorite uh, DVD store in Pittsburgh uh, a few weeks ago, which is called Ides Entertainment. And mm-hmm. uh, Ides is going to Ides is kind of a reality check for me. Um, you know, you do so much shopping for media online, um, but being able to you know, I'm a browse. I like to browse, and being able to walk into you know a store and being able to browse, um, you you find things that you probably wouldn't have stumbled upon, you know, uh, online if you were shopping around. And I was just amazed at the number of you know, t- terrific B movie titles that are now out on Blu-ray. So I don't think Blu-ray is wow. quite dead yet. I, I will start a quest and seek some out then. Thank you. And uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, owning your media. So you, you just can't depend. Um, I, I, and I, I stream a lot. So, so I, I'm certainly not a technophobe or anything like that. Uh, but I'm sorry. There's going to come a time when everything is just so mainstream that you're not going to be able to find uh, a lot of your, you know, favorite um, independent films or your favorite B movies uh, online because everything's got to be, you know, last year's big blockbuster or something like that. I, and I, I, I want my own copies of this stuff. So, Me too. Me so if I, if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I want to watch, you know, let's say a Mark Forrest movie, which I have on right now, I've got on uh, Hercules against the Mongols. Awesome. Um, then by gum, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm in total agreement with you there too. I like to physically touch the box and look at the pictures whenever I, you know, I want to. And although some can be found on sites archived, as you say, I also believe in, in physically owning it. Yeah, and like I said, you just never know when something's going to all of a sudden you know, disappear. Um, you know, from Netflix or Hulu or uh, even even a free site like archive.org, you just you don't know when something's going to you know all of a sudden vanish. Um, and like I said, I you know even if it's you know like on a thumb drive or something like that, as long as I've got my own copy of it, uh, I'm happy. And uh, you know, unlike uh, some other generations, you know, I, I'm first year generation X. I don't mind paying for uh, my entertainment. Uh, I don't mind paying for my media, uh, and, and do whenever I, whenever possible. And you know, if you pay for your media, then the likelihood that you're going to find you know more entertainment of your liking uh, goes up significantly if you're willing to pay yes. for it. So I, I'm yeah, a big I, believer I in that. Well. And, uh, for example, I'm, oh, yes. And uh, um, I don't know how you feel about contemporary music, but uh, I, I'm not a big fan of it. And I think my opinion of it is that most of it's terrible. And I think the biggest reason that it's terrible is that nobody pays for it. It's free. Mm, that's a very interesting perspective. <laughs> And, well, and you know, if you're not if you're not willing to pay for it, it's probably junk. <laughs> why would you put, as an artist, why would you put a lot of effort into something that you're definitely not going to make any money from? You're probably just going to put forth the minimum of effort, and it's going to be a piece of junk. 
I will contemplate these words, my friend. Thank you very much. And uh, we've reached the end of uh, today's uh, journey. Is there any last-minute adventure um, or wisdom you'd like to uh, um, provide to our fellow adventurers? And uh, are there any things that are new and coming soon? Um, Would you like to give contact information? Yes, uh, I am uh, actively working on several new pages. I hope to have those uh, up in the next coming, uh, let's say, weeks or so, weeks, maybe uh, into months. Um, I, I finally found some some spare time in which to do that. And as always, uh, if you want to follow me uh, on social media, the best way to do that is Facebook, and you can go into Facebook and search for Brian's Drive-In Theater all one word and you'll find me or you can always search for uh, Brian Walker and I may pop up, although that's a really common name. I would search for Brian's drive-in <laughs> theater first and you can always uh, find me at Brian's drive-in theater.com on the World Wide web. Thank you again so very much. Uh, I wish you great uh, success in all your endeavors and uh, may your journeys be joyous. All right. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Yes, uh, we'll talk in April. Okay, be well, my friend. All right, take care. We're going to listen to a song. We're going to listen to Bone Pot Circus's Contact Strange New Worlds, and then we'll be back with Ryan Foley. <laughs> Thank you. 
special which includes mythic physique and our next guest is ryan foley of purian fitness and our topic is mythic arms greetings ryan welcome back to the show thank you very much for having me back on i'm excited to talk to you today Uh, me too i'm excited to talk to you i remember last time you shared some of your secrets uh with uh um you know basically like training biceps and triceps uh, together and sure. I thought that would be a great place to start uh, repeating that uh, so folks can use the technique to build mythic arms. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the things that uh, being a, a, a bodybuilder, one of the things that you want to focus on tremendously is on muscle symmetry. I think that's one of the, the key elements. And so uh, that's, that's one of the things that I find so tremendously appealing about bodybuilding is that it's not just one specific uh, exercise that you can do. Uh, you have right. to go through and you have to find a, a variety of workouts so that way you're targeting uh, muscles differently. And so, of course, naturally arms are going to be, that's, that's one of the things, uh, admittedly, uh, that the ladies look at you know, first. And, and, and men will do the same thing as well. Uh, there's something about just you know, those big, strong, powerful arms 
that everyone wants to, to get to. Uh, and, and so I do feel that that's important, but at the same time, you can't neglect uh, the other parts. Uh, you can't let those go to the wayside. You just can't do arms all the time. Uh, but no. arms are extremely beneficial uh, when it comes to, and there are times where uh, you're going to have certain muscle uh, groupings that you're going to put together and, uh, and arms are going to play a, a key critical role. Uh, whenever you're going through and you're doing something like a bench press, uh, you are going to be using your triceps as part of that. But then there are other times where you're going to want to go through and specifically target the, the various parts of, of the arm in order to help develop that definition and, and develop that strength. Uh, for me personally, how I go through and, and break down things is arms typically are reserved for Friday. Uh, Friday okay. is my last workout day of the week. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, if, if Wednesday is reserved for legs and that's going to be punishment uh, and that's where things are going to hurt. And that's where I, you know, will often wear my Punisher shirt uh, to remind <laughs> me that, you know, punishment is, is what I'm getting ready to go through. Uh, arms are kind of the fun day. That's, that's the fun day that you get to look forward to and really put everything together. So uh, what, what I learned through uh, both uh, through reading uh, through studying other people's workouts and then, uh, and then going through and incorporating this into my own design is that when it comes to arms, there is a, there's a certain medical physiology to it that, that if you understand the medical physiology, you can kind of understand how to, to best put together a, a program in order to develop your arms. And so mm-hmm. uh, just going back to the, the basics of, of Greek and, and Latin, Okay, so even just the very name, bicep. So that's uh, bi, obviously, meaning two. Uh, if you think about uh, you know, uh, bicycles, things like that. And sep actually comes from the word head. And so, uh, so the, the, the bicep has two heads. And the, the best way I know how to describe this is that there is a short head and there is a long head. And so if you're looking at it, the short head is the baseball that you're attempting to develop. And then the long head is the shelf in which the baseball mm. sits upon. So it's important to look at that. So you want to, so you want to develop the shelf that the baseball is going to sit on. So you want to be able to target both of those in order to promote uh, growth. So okay. a lot of times it all, for me, it all depends on your elbow placement, uh, how your elbow is positioned is going to do uh, a specific extension. So let's say I'm going to run through a series of reps. And so to start, I will keep my elbows at a neutral position. And, and what I mean is that I'm going to keep them uh, resting by my side. And I'll go okay. through it and I'll do my, my standard amount of reps. So that's what I consider to be the neutral position in which both of those muscle groupings are being targeted together. But then uh, you may see the guys that go through and they do the, the bicep curls, but they have their elbows positioned forward. So right. you can do this either through a concentration curl, which is where you go through and you place, your, you place your elbow up against the inside of your knee. So that way you're leaning forward and your arm is positioned forward. And then they also have what's called a, a preacher curl uh, position, where it's, uh-huh. it's actually a, a padded seat that you can go to and you can sit at or stand at, depending upon what you've got in your gym. Uh, and that's going to give you a forward position with your elbows. So when that happens, that's targeting the small head, uh, it's, it's, or the short head is what I should say. Uh, so when your elbows are positioned forward, that's targeting that baseball that you're attempting to develop. 
And then if you go through, so let's say that your first set is in the neutral position. Your second uh-huh. set is going to be in, in the forward position. So then for your third round of exercises, then you can go through and you can, uh, if you actually go through and you use like a, an incline uh, on, the, on the bench press, but if you lay with your back against the bench and then let your arms kind of fall backwards to the side, so that way your arms are practically positioned behind you, uh, what's going to happen? So that's going to stimulate the long head. So that's going to stimulate the shelf that the baseball gets to sit on. And so if you go through and you do, uh, let's say, uh, three sets of X amount of reps in the neutral position, three sets of uh, X amount of reps in with that forward uh, baseball building position, and then three Mm -hmm. sets three sets of X amount of reps with you leaning backwards. Uh, And you can do this, uh, say, up against uh, uh, an incline bench press, or you can do it with a cable uh, in a a low pulley position. So that way uh, your arm is extended back behind you. That way you're going to get a full rotation and all three of the the, the different – so that way you're getting three different reps, three different concentrations of muscles. So you're isolating those muscles in such a different way. And so that's going to build your arms. It's going to improve your arms all the way around. So now that's just when we're. That sounds like a system I remember from years ago called positions of flexion, where there were three uh, types of positions. I'm trying to remember like uh, uh, what they were called. I don't really remember, but it was three and it hit the muscle from three different angles so that you got total growth and uh, you had to limit the amount of reps uh, because it was very demanding. I think it's, it's probably not too – it's not too different as, as when you're looking at uh, – because the chest, it, the chest is going to have that, that middle section. It's going to have the upper mm-hmm. section and the lower section. So it's, it's not tremendously different from the idea of doing bench press from a neutral position, from an incline position, and a decline position. A decline. You're just finding different ways to go through and, and target the chest. And, and it's the same way with the shoulders where you're going to have that front muscle – the, the middle muscle and the rear muscle. And most of the time it, with shoulders, uh, the rear muscle is the one that is least targeted simply because you can't see it in the mirror nearly as much. So a lot of times guys will tend to, to neglect that. But, again, we're talking about that muscle symmetry. So, it's, yeah, it's finding those unique ways to go through and, and isolate uh, those muscles so that way it, it promotes growth. So using that same mentality – when it comes through to developing your tricep, okay, we're going with the same thing here. We're going back to the Greek roots uh, and the Latin roots. Okay, so tri, obviously, you're going to have – so that means you're going to have three uh, if you right. think of it like a tricycle. And then you're going to have, uh, you know, again, your sep, which is your head. Uh, so you're going to have your three different – so you're going to have your three different heads that you're going to attempt to target uh, whenever you're going through and, uh, and, and hitting the various parts of the tricep. So, again, the best way to look at, at this, uh, so let's say your, the, the inside of your tricep, the good way to look at that, uh, is anything where your arm is extended directly above your head. Uh, anytime uh-huh. that you're doing anything up above your head, you're dro- say you're dropping it down back behind you and then lifting it up, that's going to hit the inside of that tricep. Then if you go through and you choose something that does like a push down, like uh, say for instance uh, a lateral bar push down, anything that you're where you're keeping your elbows tucked inside and you're pushing down, that's going to target the outside of your tricep. So that way you're getting you know so that way you're hitting various heads, 
And then the third one, which is a little bit harder for me to to hit, is that horseshoe that that's in between the the outside and the inside head of the tricep. Uh, and so that horseshoe is a little bit harder to target with me. I, I do a lot of uh, cable pull downs, but you do uh-huh. it in such a way where your your grip is inverted, so you're actually pulling the weight down. And if you're doing it properly, uh, you're definitely going to feel that in the in the back of your arm. Uh, but one of the things that I would stress here to your to your listeners is that it's going to be okay if you need to drop down in weight in order to obtain all the reps that you want to get because every time you go through and you start isolating a muscle into an area, by very definition, you're isolating it. And so as a result, you're not able to recruit as many muscle fibers as are necessary. So going back to what we were talking about uh, with the bicep, if you go through and you have your, if you have your arms at a neutral position where they're hanging down by your side, and you're doing a, a barbell curl or a, or a dumbbell curl, you're able to recruit more of those muscles. But then when you go through and you shift into that, that elbow forward position, that preacher curl position, when you do that, you're not able to recruit quite as many muscle fibers. So as a result, you may have to drop that down you know, by about five pounds in weight. And that's absolutely fine just because you're not able to recruit as many muscles as possible in order to generate the the amount of strength that you need. Now, from what you've said, uh, you you seem to work out a particular body part on a certain day and then take off uh, some days uh, to uh, yes. recover. Am I correct? And you, you have Wednesdays, you have legs, and Friday, you have arms. So I'm assuming you have a chest, uh, back, and abs on the other days? Uh, actually, the, the way um, – okay, so I've recently gone through and I'm attempting to uh, – I, I kind of tore down my entire program, not, not the, the philosophy behind it. I still feel that the philosophy behind it is, is strong. Uh, so, but what I've been doing uh, here for about, about the last six weeks now is shifting to more of a total body workout simply on, on Monday. Uh, okay. And, but I, I'm not a big – I don't like – the total body workout as much as, uh, as much as the others. I'm doing it more to, to test my limits and to see what's possible. Uh, but so Monday has been reserved for this, um, oh, this field testing for lack of a better term, you know, so I'm, I'm going through and, and I've, I've got my theory and I'm going through and I'm putting that theory to work uh, to see mm-hmm. how well it develops. And so uh, Monday is the, the all over day. Uh, then on Tuesday, I'll go through and Tuesday will be chest. Uh, Wednesday will go through, and, and that'll be legs. Uh, Thursday will go through, and that will be uh, shoulders and lats. And then, okay. Uh, and then Friday is reserved for arms. Yeah. So it's it's very much uh, a breaking down of uh, I want to target that specific area, and then go through really work that out really hard, and then go through and, and let it rest for the rest of the week. That sounds awesome and uh, grueling, but very exciting. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, workout and I'm like you right now I'm going through an inactivity phase, but uh, I've started uh, working out again and um, I'm finding that uh, my enthusiasm uh, um, has been uh, more and more intense as I work out more and more each day. And I've tried many systems uh, as well, including the one that because I'm uh, 60, I should be exercising only twice a week. And that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I lose my focus. So I find that sure. uh, 
three days heavy, uh, three days light works like best for me. And, okay. Uh, now, see, um, legs are one of the few days where I'll go through and I will uh, truly lift heavy. Uh, uh-huh. but with this new system that I'm attempting, uh, what I've found is uh, I've gone to extremely low weight, but also extremely high reps. And, and when I say extreme, I, I do mean extreme. Uh, there are times where I'll go through and I'll do rep count of 50. And, wow. Uh, fit, yeah, so, and it's, it's a weird mental game that you have to go through and you have, to check your, you have to check your ego at the door because I know flat out I have to look like a dork uh, whenever I'm going through and I'm doing some of these exercises because, I mean, I'm only lifting uh, a bench press of, of 65 pounds, which is, which is just the – right, it's, it's the bar itself, and then I've got 10 pounds of weight on there. Yeah, two tens. Uh, and, yeah. But it's, yeah, but so but no one's paying attention to how many reps you're doing. You know, they're just all they see is just you, you know, working out. And so it's it's understanding. Hey, this is my goal. This is what I'm attempting to get to. And so, uh, but it, it, I keep telling myself, no one pays attention. You know, everyone's all so wrapped up in their own things. I think that's you know, I think that's one of the major things that a lot of people have reservations about when it comes to starting in with a new program is that they're afraid that everyone's looking at them. They're afraid that, you know, they, they don't know how to use a piece of machinery and, or they're, they're afraid to ask because they don't want to let everyone know that they don't know what they're doing, but uh-huh. everyone starts somewhere. And, and I think, and I've been that guy, you know, who, who went in Me and too. I was like, I don't really know how to use this machine. And, you know, so you watch and you learn and you kind of take those, those, those first timid little footsteps into the pool and, and you know, cause you, you don't want to embarrass yourself. And so having been that guy, I can see that in other people. And, and I think because of that, I'm more likely to offer, you know, just little pieces of advice and, you know, Hey, do, you know, if you do this and if you do that, you know, you, you're going to get more results out of it. And, but so going through and completely breaking down this program are breaking down it and starting up this new program. What I discovered is that because I, I was always under the impression, okay, so if you want to get really big and you want to get really strong, then what you have to do is you lift heavy weight for a small amount of reps. So I'm talking where you're lifting close to your one rep max almost every time. I mean, you're doing sets of, of uh, three, at the most, and then racking it and, and going away and letting all that lactic acid dump out of your body. Uh, if you're looking for hypertrophy, which is basically the best of both worlds where it's big, but at the same time you're trying to get lean, uh, then you can go through and you try to keep your rep count somewhere between 8 and 12. And so mm-hmm. based upon that, I said, oh, okay, so three reps is for heavy, you know, 10 reps is for hypertrophy, so in order to burn fat, maybe my rep count should probably be around 15, maybe 20. Right. And so that was the most that I had ever done was probably 20 reps in a, in a single thing. And, and then, you know, I would rack. Well, so whenever I was studying this new workout program and they were saying sets of 50, so I, I was like, well, man, how much am I going to have to drop the weight in order to be, in order to generate 50 reps. And so what I discovered, it's not so much about the weight. It's that my muscles were not used to being under tension for that long a time. Right. So it becomes mm-hmm. more of a, it, it becomes more of a mental game. 
So you're sitting there and you know, you do your first 10 and you go, all right, yeah, this isn't too bad. But then once you get into 20, your muscles aren't used to going beyond that threshold. So your, your, so your body isn't trained for this. So once you get through the, that, you know, that second set of, you know, of 20 and you're still going here. So you're mentally telling yourself, okay, I'm going to do five sets of 10, but I'm just not going to rack it. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to push through the whole thing. So you do the first 10, you go, all right, that was a good warm up. Uh, and then mm-hmm. here comes the second set of 10s and you're like, okay, this is kind of starting to hurt. All right, let's just get five more. Okay. And so then, so then you get your five. Okay. All right. Now let's just get five more after that. Okay. Now we've got the five. Now we're on the downhill slope. Now we've just got to get two more sets of 10. But once you get into that 40 range to get from 40 to 50, that's where you make your money. I mean, that's where you're going through and you're really doing the work and it burns and it hurts. But then you go through and when you rack it, then you you come away and you go, wow, okay. And then you can actually go through and you can do the math and you go, wait a minute, I just did 50 reps of 50 pounds, you know, but if you compare that to a heavy rep where it's like, okay, but the most that I can lift is 200 pounds, but I can only lift that three times. Who's really pushing more weight at the end of the day? But for someone like me, what I'm attempting to do is I want to try to preserve my muscle mass, but at the same time, I'm trying to burn fat, which that's, hey, that's the strain that all of us are trying to do. You know, we're trying to, to get lean at the same time. Uh, yeah. So it's that time under tension, longer, but with less weight, so you're doing more reps. That's what you have to do in order to start to, to shed those unwanted pounds that you don't want to have. So that's one of the things that I, I've come away from this is that by changing my style and by adapting to this new program, and it's taken me, I would say, right about at six weeks, but where my body has gone, okay, I understand what you want me to do now. So now that I know what you're wanting from me, and now that I'm starting to get used to this, now we can start adding some more weight. So maybe I did 65 last week. Okay, next week, maybe I can get that up to 70. You know, let's see, and, and, and let's go from there. So building all this together by lifting uh, lighter and lifting longer, you're less apt to get hurt. Uh, you know, you're, so you're not going to be as, as injury prone and you're going right. to thing where everyone's trying to get lean, which is what everyone's attempting to do these days. So yeah, that's the big, that's the big thing I think is, is to go with a lighter weight. So that way you can really concentrate on your form and make sure that everything is proper because when you're lifting heavy and don't get me wrong, there are times where lifting heavy is good. You know, where you can go right. and really say, all right, let's see, what am I capable of? Uh, but at the same time, all you're focusing on is just lift the weight. Just, oh, just get it up. I don't care how, you know, what I got to do, but just, you know, let's, let's push this thing up in, into the farthest position. So you're not focused nearly as much on your form. You're just focused on getting those reps. And I think when you scale it back and you just remind yourself, okay, I'm not flinging the weight, I'm trying to lift it. And, you know, so when you get to that different mental mindset, uh, that's uh-huh. when you start seeing those gains and those improvements. Wow. That is, that is a, that's great uh, advice. And uh, now I'm curious to, especially since I'm transitioning back in, and I usually, when I transition back in, I start with lighter weights anyway. Um, that would be an interesting experiment. It's, it's so a thing. Well, that. you know, with, with doing these interviews and, and explaining this to you, uh, again, I don't feel like I'm standing on 
I, I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any sort of new theories here. I mean, I'm, I am slowly developing my own program for what works for me. But at the same time, I'm standing on the shoulders of geniuses of the people who have come before me and, and have put information like this out there. It's just my way of going through and compartmentalizing it, figuring out what works for me, and then repackaging it and, and putting it back out there. So to me, these are kind of one of these things where I wish someone would have come along and told me, hey, this is what you need to do, and this is why you need to do it this way. And if you do it this way, here's the results that you're going to get. So it's kind of one of those things. Hey, we'll throw this out there, uh, you know, both for you and for your listeners. And if someone comes along and they can study this and go, oh, yeah, okay, I understand why they're doing this now. It's, it's understanding that why you do this. I can come along and I can tell you, hey, do this, this, and this, and you can do it. But if I tell you why to do it, yes. then I think they understand it a little bit more. And then once you understand the why, then you can adapt it into your program and for what works for you. And if you're going through and you're enjoying yourself and you say, hey, this works for me, you're going to continue on with that program much longer than someone who's just being told what to do. I agree wholeheartedly, and you're an excellent uh, teacher. And I see a book at the end of this, at least. <laughs> so as you're taking <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, I, I could definitely uh, see that. Um, I've also been visiting your uh, Purian Fitness uh, website. And uh, one day I'd like to take a tour of that as we've been taking a tour of Brian's uh, driving theater because a lot of interesting stuff there as well. And I'm sure your, your thoughts have developed past where they were in 2016, but there's still a lot of treasures there. Absolutely. Yes, it is. It's, it's constantly a work in progress. And really, I should really go back and revisit that. I've been busy doing uh, a, a lot of other uh, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, working on my novel and, and, and comic book projects and things like that, which has kind of taken my it's uh, I just haven't been publishing on that website nearly enough. But, yeah, but the focus still remains there as, as far as uh, me still hitting the gym on a, on a regular basis, just because it's it's my sanctuary. man. that's that's where I have uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy it. And at the same time, uh, I mean, I'm a I'm an office manager for a small insurance company. And so if I can go through and I can deadlift uh, uh, an excessive amount of weight, you know, after doing that, coming in and filing paperwork and, and, you know, taking care of customers on the phone, stuff like that, that's all easy compared to what I did in the gym. So it, it gives me a good mental focus and, and has improved me both uh, mentally and emotionally as well as physically. I've placed a link to your Facebook page and to your Fury and Fitness uh, website. Um, so folks can follow those links to uh, contact you and to learn uh, more about you. And uh, since we've explored many spheres of uh, activity that you are have been involved uh, with, um, on our career show, I'd like to explore the field of uh, insurance. Are you up to that? Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. We will schedule it. You're awesome, and uh, I will talk to you very soon. Thanks again, Ryan. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Okay, take good care. Uh, we're going to listen to the song by Bone Poets Orchestra, Evolve, and then we'll be back with Bill Hinburn. <laughs>
Joining us is the legendary Bill Hinburn of Super Strength Training. Greetings, Bill. How are you? 
Good evening, Hercules. How have you been? I've, uh, it's been very busy, um, and a lot has been going on, but uh, as always, I remain optimistic and uh, focused. Uh, how about with you? Outstanding. Good. Uh, it's always great uh, to hear that. Um, I'm really looking forward to today's uh, discussion. There are a lot of people now that the year has uh, uh, turned to another year. Uh, they've made resolutions, and uh, one of the very most common resolutions is uh, getting in shape or back in shape. Uh, and uh, today uh, we're going to focus on uh, what they should be doing to establish a very firm foundation. So whatever they decide to do, uh, that foundation's been built. Okay, sounds good. And you are, of course, a fountain of very useful and uh, interesting information. So uh, um, I know you have a lot to say about this topic. Well, uh, um, the topic is specifically uh, uh, beginning a routine, starting out uh, 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 training. yeah, just, just basically when get like for instance, I found with myself that sometimes I need to take off for, for a while, and we've talked about this on other shows, and then uh, over the years I found what works to me in terms of easing back uh, into working out. So what I do is uh, I'll spend uh, a few days doing stretching, you know, to get my body all mm-hmm. stretched out. Uh, then I'll start uh, tensing it uh, through dynamic tension, isometrics, isotonics. I'll, I'll use a, a variety of techniques to get my body used to uh, to flexing again. And then I will slowly add uh, uh, dumbbells and equipment. Uh, and then the dumbbells will continue uh, moving up in weight and the equipment, more reps uh, or resistance will be uh, added. And these are all home gym type of stuff at this point in my life. You know, I have a corner uh, in my bedroom with all my weights and things piled up. So uh, I have a mirror. So I, everything I need is uh, right over there. Um, and that has worked for me for, for many years. And I play with it all the time. Uh, but that's kind of like what works for me. But what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Um, and you have in your mind and at your fingertips the accrued knowledge of uh, uh, bodybuilding since the dawn of the sport and physical culture before then. Well, everybody is 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 uh, different, as you say. Everybody is, uh, you know, for oh, many many reasons: different age, different body type, uh, different disposition. Uh, tall people, short people. Uh, you have the ectomorphs uh, or the small bone. You have the mesomorphs, which are the medium bone, and you have the endomorphs, which are the large bone. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, the mesomorph theoretically, I, I, I keep that very much in mind. Theoretically, is best suited for uh, you know developing muscular body weight. However, it's like anything else. I think I mentioned this. Uh, I consider the entire process of training, or or what you're handed, uh, as far as so-called genetics is like a poker hand, okay? You've got strong suits, you've got weak suits. Mm-hmm. You have to play on the strong suits. Like, for example, you might uh, uh, um, have a, uh, a predisposition through heredity of of, uh, of uh, a, a muscular body type. And then you've seen them. You've, you've seen people that have never yeah. touched a weight, and, and uh, you know, they're just a, a, a very strong, very athletic, Okay. However, the downside of that is they may not have any interest. 
yes. in training or athletics, and you've seen them, uh, you know, and, and so have I. Then, you, of course, you have the people that uh, that can eat anything, isn't nailed down, anything, and they don't gain any weight. No way whatsoever. Yes. I, I know and, many people uh, like that too. You know, you can you can see their abs and 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 what have you. So they have a perfect or a near perfect uh, um, metabolism. Where there are individuals that, my gosh, you know, uh, they can step over a, a, a strawberry sundae and uh, you know gain two pounds. So it's it's uh, 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 and and that holds true with most anything with uh, with with training. Uh, and uh, and uh, some people are high strung, you know. Some people are very even tempered, you know. And uh, you've heard of people working on their nerve, okay? That's mm-hmm. a very dangerous thing to do. Working on just your nerve, you have to give your body a chance to uh, to recuperate. You know the uh, the old adage, uh, uh, "No pain, no gain," is abs- absolute utter nonsense. At any age, and especially, uh, I say this to the young folks, you know, in the teens and the 20s who don't believe that that, uh, that there's anything wrong with no pain, no gain. I said, well, you just wait. You know, wait till you get up around 35, 40 years old, and pretty soon it won't be a matter of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, injury or, or uh, you know, unfortunately, or, or pain. Yeah, going away in a day or two. It will linger for two or three weeks, and you have to be extremely careful. Um, I think, personally, uh, mm-hmm. a very practical way to train is body weight exercise, okay? You don't need um, any equipment whatsoever. You need, and, and there are many people, and, and, of course, you mentioned the Charles Atlas, uh, you, know, di- you know, so-called dynamic tension. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's a very good way to keep fit. Okay, it is limited. Yeah, I don't argue that with anybody. I've heard people badmouth the uh, the Atlas course and say, "Well, you know, you can, you know, it's not any good." I said, "Well, how do you know that? Did you try it?" Yes. Well, what did you do after you tried it? You moved on to something else, right? So it was right. a stepping stone. You know, it's like going to f- through first grade before you get to second, third, and and so on. Okay, so it was a necessary step. Um, but I think that people have to understand that they have to have certain um, tools within their grasp. I like to use the big four as far as 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 uh, uh, useful uh, ways of approaching things, and that is plan, organize, direct, and control. You have to have a plan, and that plan has to be based on a goal. And that long-term goal, let's say you have a long-term goal of, Oh, let's say five years, okay? Now, uh, uh, for a young individual in their teens or in their 20s, five years is a long time. But as you well know, as you get older, uh, it is is relative to how long you have lived. That's why it seems as though when you were a kid and your parents ground you for two weeks, it seemed like 20 years. But when you get older, two weeks, my gosh, uh, you know, I, go. I make mention, I make mention sometimes to my wife about, the, uh, you know, some event or something. Yeah, that happened a couple of years ago. She says, Bill, it happened five years ago. I said, you're kidding. That seems like only two years. No, five years ago. See, so it's it's in relation to how long you have lived. Two years in relation to a. 
14-year-old is far different than a um, uh, two years, uh, or uh, I should say two weeks or two years, in relation to an individual that is 60 years old. Okay. Right. It's the relationship, uh, numerator, denominator. Uh, but with, like I say, plan, organize, direct, and control, long-term goal, let's say five years, and short-term aspirations. You have to reward yourself on, on your way. You have to visualize. You know, people have talked about uh, visionaries throughout history, you know, famous people that have been very, very successful. They're visionaries. They have a vision. They never lose track of that vision, and they do whatever it takes to to achieve it, Okay. So let's say you have a long-term uh, um, goal of, uh, uh, you know, gaining uh, uh, muscle or being able to uh, look a certain way in a mirror or uh, be able to uh, lift in certain lifts, let's say a bench press, uh, uh, a deadlift, or uh, a press, a curl, and, and uh, you, know, you know, things like that. You have to work up to it ever so slowly baby yes. steps okay this is very important it's vital and and uh uh like i say body weight okay and i recommend people doing body weight training every other day some people will say well i'm going to do it every day well that's fine but you have to give your body a chance to recuperate there's a big difference between recuperation and sleep okay sleep is when you're not cognizant okay and I think it's a good idea, and it's a benchmark, but not for all people, to get eight hours of sleep at night. I know people that my father was one who could get by with four hours of sleep at night. And he, was perfectly, and he did that get, for years. And I was so yeah, jealous of that, okay? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I said, Dad, you, you only sleep four hours a night. He said, well, I don't need any more sleep. You know, uh, and and uh, me, I've been the opposite. Uh, eight hours, nine, you know, you know, stuff like that. I just, I can't, I can't function. Okay, I can, you know, do the five and six hours, uh, but after a week or two of that, I'm spent. You know, I, I am. I'm like your father. Where? I, I yeah. work. Uh, I four hours sleep is optimal for me. Um, I get more because I share my life with uh, a wonderful person who needs a lot more than four hours sleep. So I wind up getting more. But if I have too much more um, sleep, uh, I feel groggy and sluggish all the time. So a lot of times I'll get up in the morning and do stuff and then I'll go back uh, to bed for a little while. Um, and uh, um, but I four at most five hours is optimal. and I feel fantastic when I uh, sleep that long. What I have found uh, for me especially, is uh, even when I was younger, say in my 30s, was taking a 20-minute nap. Mm, that has a I profound mean. difference. 20 minutes, not a half hour, you know, uh, and, and uh, uh, not 15 minutes, 20-minute nap. Lay down, and I, I'm not talking about, you know, um, what is that uh, when people sit and uh, Visualize or meditate. I'm not talking meditation. I've never tried that. That's something I think I may have to look into. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about simple uh, 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 nap. Just lay there. But see, here's the key to all of this, and I'll I'll continue on. But you okay. have to do you have to do the same thing 
at the same time every day. Yes. With the exception, of course, you're going to train on, say, Monday. You're going to uh, avoid all exercise on Tuesday. Train on Wednesday. Avoid exercise on Thursday. And train on Friday. And, of course, the weekend is off. Uh, But everything else that you do, do at the same time every day. Whether it be eating, defecating, uh, uh, recuperation or sleep, uh, entertainment, any of this stuff at the same time. And your body will come to expect these things and be prepared for it. Like, for example, exercise. If you've exercised for any number of years, okay, you will know what day that your body is nudging you to train. You will feel like you want to lift. You want to exert the, the, the muscles of your body. It will come to expect that. It's like eating. You get hungry, okay? Uh, sleeping, okay? You can't fool Mother Nature. You just can't do it. I've tried it. I've worked, when I was working uh, back in the day, uh, uh, I would, uh, I worked every different, every shift there was, okay? Naturally, I worked during the day, I worked during the afternoons, and I worked on the midnight shift. By far, hands mm-hmm. down, for me, the midnight shift was a death sentence. I don't know how anybody could do that. And I mm-hmm. got to the point where I got, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but I got sleep, what the what the doctor called sleep migraine headaches. Now, mm-hmm. granted, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they were genuine migraines because I have I have no people even today that have migraines. I mean they are just they'll hurt you, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was a headache that hurt so bad that uh, no matter what I took, any type of over the counter medication, it wouldn't touch it. Okay. So I, I I talked to the doctor and he said down he explained to me Yeah, asked me what I did and all this stuff and what hours I worked and as I told him that, uh, you know, I worked at midnight, he said, ah, okay, now we're on to something. And uh, what I would try to do is, uh, you know, my, my uh, uh, I, I would work, I would go in 11 o'clock at night and get off at 8 o'clock in the morning. And, uh-huh. about, uh, and uh, uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And uh, I would come home. Now, some people would uh, shower and eat and go to sleep. Other people would wait and do their you know, the best part of the day, the morning, and then the afternoon they would go to sleep. All right? Uh-huh. And I, I tried both ways, okay? I found that if I stayed up and I, I went to bed about 2 or 3 in the afternoon, that would work for me and I could get up, you know, and, and go to work. Well, uh, what I would do, and people would tell me, what you do on Friday, which is the beginning of your weekend, Friday morning, if, you, if you're not working Saturday or Sunday, he says, what you do, because you want to be up when other people are, you know, on the weekend, you don't want to be sleeping all day and they up all night when everybody else is sleeping. So what you wanted to do is turn the tables on the sleeping stuff. They said, stay up all day. And then at 11 o'clock at night, go to sleep. I tried that. Okay, and I'd get up in the morning, you know, uh, about 8 o'clock, and I'd think, oh, man, this is great. I feel great. I feel refreshed. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm dying. I am tired. 
I want to go to bed. You see what I did there? Your yeah. body, you have trained your body for five days, and then suddenly you want to play a little game. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I had to go to sleep. Okay? And uh-huh. so it, it didn't work. I, I You know, I, I tried to stay up and all that, and it just threw everything out of whack. And, again, I'm standing there in the or sitting there in the doctor's office, and he's explaining this to me. He said, mammals have a biorhythm, not just humans, but other animals as well. You know, there are animals that are nocturnal. You know, deer, raccoons, possums, you know, the cleanup crew, uh, uh, bears sometimes. Okay, yeah, you'll see them during the day, but that's because uh, they, they couldn't sleep. Something woke them up, something disturbed them, something got near their habitat, or they're hungry or whatever. But as a rule, uh, uh, there are animals that, not, uh, that, that are nocturnal. They're mm-hmm. faster, another one. Well, humans aren't. And he said, you should know that because, number one, you can't see at night. If you were meant to be out at night, you'd be able to see. And your eyes did not develop that way. Okay? Um, and he said that... Uh, you have to do the same thing at the same time every day. That's your biorhythm. It goes up and it goes down, and it goes up and it goes down. It, you know, just like the tide, it ebbs and flows, and you're not going to change it. Okay? People that work midnights have the highest suicide rate, divorce rate, yeah. alcoholism, substance abuse, you know, uh, because they try to fight the system. And in many cases, they're short-lived, okay? Well, what I did, he said, now this is what you got to do. If you're going to, the, the best scenario for you is if you work every day, through the weekend and everything, then you don't have a choice, okay? Mm-hmm. And you will probably feel a lot better and get through it by far, okay? Well, my life on that shift was short-lived, and, and I'm glad for it. But anybody that can do it, more power to them. And there are people that can do it. You know, there are doctors, yes. there are nurses, there are a variety of different uh, occupations that that, that uh, work in the evening. You know, the same way with afternoons. Some people are not morning people. I don't care how you cut it. You know, uh, it takes a hand grenade to get them out of bed in the morning. They just they're groggy and whatever. And there are other people that, boom. I mean, you know, crack it on. They're up and all fired up and the people that are not that are not morning people hate them you know <laughs> why can you be how can you be so happy you know and that uh, that sort of thing but um that's that's something that people have to understand they have, you know socrates said know thyself you have to know right. your limitations you have to know what you're capable of doing what you're more importantly what you're comfortable with okay and when you train uh, uh, it's important, like I say, to have a goal. Whatever it is, map the goal out and then break break down the time period into pieces and set whatever uh, uh, small-term goal you have, okay? Set those goals. Try to meet those goals as you're going along, okay? Everything takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was built. It and was that's built, the important yes. Thing. Yes, and and uh, when you when you start to train, whatever you warm up. Now people will ask me invariably, how do I know when I'm warmed up? Well, I'll tell you how you know. Very simple. First of all, 
perspiration, okay? You start to perspire. You start to oxygenate, uh, heavy breathing and what have you. And whatever area you're going to exercise, for example, you're going to uh, exercise the arms, the shoulders, the back, the legs, make sure that you warm up those areas thoroughly. Always cover yourself. Wear a sweatshirt, sweatpants, or whatever. Now, these people that, 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 that run around without that, and it's a cool, I don't go for the air conditioning type uh, atmosphere when I train. You don't want to chill a muscle. You'll pull a muscle, okay? Mm. You, you notice boxers, football players, uh, pitchers, baseball pitchers, as soon as they're finished, they throw on a warm-up jacket. The, the boxers will put on a robe, okay? The, um, the uh, wrestlers will put on a robe. You want to cover yourself. You want to avoid, you want to maintain that warmed-up uh, uh, feeling, okay? As soon as you uncover, right away, your, uh, your air conditioner goes on, okay? And that means any perspiration that's on your skin will dry, okay? And you right. feel the coolness and what have you. And you have to warm up again, okay? <laughs> it's just a fact of life. Uh-huh. Uh, stretching is something else, especially as you get older, okay? There are thing, uh, three things that I, I say for older trainees, okay? Three things. And sooner or later, you know, like I say, even if you're a teenager, you're, you're in your 20s or whatever, you can thumb your nose at it uh, all you want. It doesn't make any difference, okay? Sooner or later, you will find if you violate any of these, you'll you'll pay for it. Number one is protect your joints. Always, always, always protect your joints. You know, it's just like having great teeth but gum disease, okay? You can have the greatest muscles in the world. If your joints are shot, you'll be in pain, okay? And it, it will be short-lived. Stretching. Always make sure you stretch, Okay? And third, no explosive movements. You know, all the slamming and banging and, uh, like I said earlier, no pain, no gain. Right. You'll pay for that. The explosive movements are bad. You've seen people pull muscles. They pull hamstrings. Um, they pull biceps, uh, quads. You name it, the explosive movements will do that. Your movement should be slow and you should be determined, okay, to to uh, you know to move the joints, and they should be uh, a full uh, ultimate uh, extension and contraction, like you said earlier. You know, uh, tense the muscles both ways, mm-hmm. okay. And uh, this, you know, I'm I don't think that I'm I'm saying anything that doesn't make any sense. It, it's no, just it's simple. Uh, and and concentrate on your uh, three-day-a-week. Now, this is a very basic beginner three-day-a-week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, and I just throw those days out arbitrarily. You can pick other days of the week, but as long as it's every other day. You have to wait 24 hours between sessions. Concentrate on multi-joint exercises, okay, and large muscle groups, okay. Uh, and the session shouldn't last more than 30 minutes, if you're doing it properly, 30 minutes is more than enough, okay? Because basically you're only going to do eight or nine exercises. Mm-hmm. And when you train, don't think of the exercise, 
or I, I, sh- I should say, don't think of the tool that you have at hand. In other words, well, I have dumbbells, so I have to do exercises that involve dumbbells. Okay? You can do sit-ups without dumbbells. You can do sit-ups right. without barbells. You can do sit-ups, uh, uh, and that is a that is a uh, body weight exercise, okay? Now, you can make it so you have more resistance. You yes, can hold can. a 10-pound a, a, a barbell plate barbell plate on your chest okay um, uh, you can uh, uh, elevate you know use an incline board you can you can hang from a uh, chin-up bar upside down okay. so there's yes. a number of different ways that you can increase the resistance and naturally you can increase the repetitions and while we're on the subject of abdominal training, don't treat the abdominals any differently than you would any other muscle. Now, some people say, well, i got to do 30 repetitions of, uh, of uh, uh, sit-ups or 100 repetitions. And the reason I want to do that is I want to build muscle in that area, and I want to lose the fat. Well, guess what? You will build muscle. Uh-huh. Losing the fat isn't going to be done in the gym. That's done in the kitchen. And I think I, I mentioned, I probably mentioned this before. These uh, people will invariably say that. I don't like to look at um, ab training exclusively. I refer to that training part, that part of the body is the midsection. Because you not only have abdominals, you have upper, middle, and lower abdominals. You have obliques. And you have the uh, the strong muscles down your your back, and in the event that you're taking in too many calories, uh, you some people have a propensity to store fat in those areas, you know, uh, in the abdominals in front and the obliques on the sides, and uh, even in back in the lower back. Mm-hmm. So. For training's sake, if you want stronger abdominals, you treat them like any other muscle. You work sets. How many repetitions are you doing with your, uh, you say, your arms or your presses? Okay? Uh-huh. If you're doing eight repetitions, then do eight repetitions with your abs. Now, people will say right away, well, that's not enough, that's not enough repetitions. Ah, I got you. That's because you don't have enough resistance. You could say the same thing when you're doing deadlifts. Just mm-hmm. do a deadlift with a bar and do eight repetitions. And a person will say the same thing. Well, that's not enough. Uh, you know, I've got to do more repetitions. No, you have to have more resistance. You see? And this is a matter of developing the strength in that area. You will get stronger in your abdominals just as you would with your biceps, your triceps, your traps, uh, uh, quads, calves, whatever. Now, the reason a lot of people will train their forearms or their calves, those two areas especially, with more repetitions is because it's a much denser, it's a much denser uh, muscle, Okay. 
for example, in your forearms, your fingers don't have any muscles, okay? There's right. no muscles in your fingers. They're all tendons, and they come back through your wrist, and then the muscle begins, okay? The muscle is in your forearm. The only exception of all your appendages is your thumb. Your thumb has a muscle, okay? And you can see that. It's in the it's, uh, it's the fleshy part of your palm, okay? They have, and, meat, and, uh, they have meat, though, that connects like a muscle on a lot of the... Yes, uh, with your with your thumb, that uh, that that big part of the uh, at, at the base of the thumb, that is the muscle for the thumb. But your your fingers have no muscles. There there's you know uh, it goes through your hand and uh, uh, to your forearm. But what I'm saying is um, the same way with a calf, because they're so mm-hmm. dense and you use them so much. Okay, you have to uh, you have to do. Uh, uh, you must you must have a different approach. But like I say, with with the training, um, you have to be resolute, you have to be determined, and you have to be consistent. If you enjoy what you're doing, this is also another key. If you enjoy what you what you're doing, you're more apt to do it. Right. If you don't enjoy it, you'll more or less make excuses not to do it. And over a period of time, if you do uh, any any routine, okay, okay, it will get old, and you'll get tired of it. And furthermore, your body will get adapted to it. And this is the one thing that you want to avoid at all costs: is your body getting too comfortable with any one uh, routine. Workout. Change yeah. change it up. And you will know after you change it up. Change up the exercises, change up the reps, change up the the resistance, all the things that I mentioned earlier, you will feel a little soreness the next day. Why? Because even though it is a exercise for a particular body part, like the arms, you could change it up from a regular barbell curl with the palms facing up. You could do hammer curls with mm-hmm. the with the palms facing uh, uh, or with the palm of your hand vertical, if you understand what I'm saying, you use a hammer yes. curl where the where the, uh, the dumbbell bar is vertical, or you could do a reverse curl. Any one of those will change it up, and you'll feel a soreness. Why? Because stabilizer muscles in each one of those exercises are ever so slightly different. When you train with a barbell or you train with a dumbbell or what have you, you're not only training, for example, I'll use it again, the curl. You're not only training the bicep, but you're also getting the forearm involved. You're getting the frontal deltoids involved. You're getting your back involved, depending upon how heavy the resistance is. You have to pick up the dumbbell. Your back is involved. All of these. And to keep that... Um, uh, barbell, the eye-hand coordination there going to keep from falling over from side to side, you're using many, many stabilizer muscles that you don't realize are are getting involved. It's like walking or standing. If you stand for any length of time, you're using a lot of different muscles. No one set of muscles to stabilize your standing. You're, you're, You're actually balancing. Okay, 
So that is that is something else to consider. Um, and then when you're done with your training, you take a shower, okay, and then forget about it. Don't dwell on the training. Don't become obsessed with it, okay? Don't become too involved. You'll burn yourself out. Just train, work up to a goal, okay? When you start out, you're not going to have that much resistance. You're not going to be doing that many reps or that many sets. Your form might be a little off. Work mm-hmm. on it over time, okay? Like I said earlier, home wasn't built in a day, and it's going to take you a t- uh, you know quite a while to get everything uh, 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 the way you want it. And the other thing is, uh, like I said earlier, planning mm-hmm. and organizing all all your uh, uh, uh exercises and everything, doing the exercise or directing yourself to do them, and then you have a control, which is records, keeping records. That is by far the best thing to do is keep a training journal. And many people will write down such things as we've discussed, you know, the the exercise, the amount of resistance, the repetitions, the sets, the date, your name, stuff like that. But they leave out one of the most important aspects of your training. And for each exercise, you should have a line that you put in how you felt during that exercise. Did you really feel uh, uh, good when you did the exercise? Or was the exercise hard? Are you having a problem with it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that will tell you at the end of the month, or three months or four months when you're progressing how you're doing with a particular exercise, especially when you change up. Like I said earlier, say you change from a, a standard barbell curl to a hammer curl or a reverse curl, okay? And what I'm saying is the results that you're getting. Some people thrive on, for example, the deadlift, all right? Other people, they thrive on the squat. And it depends on how you built. Some people have short legs and a long torso. Some people have long legs and a short torso, okay? When you have, uh, and and there are some people who have a long torso and long legs. Those people are going to have a real tough time with with, uh, uh, a deadlift. There are some people with long arms and short legs. They'll do well with a deadlift, okay? And, and and so everybody has a you know it's just like <laughs> it's like the old adage never compete with a short-armed hercules with uh, push-ups <laughs> if if a guy you know has short arms and he says hey i bet i can do more push-ups than you chances are he probably can he has the mechanical advantage his arms are short okay so you know it's it, uh, everybody is built different, okay? And everybody has different uh, uh, likes and dislikes. Some people thrive on exercise. They like to exercise. They like to move. Other people are more stationary. You know, law of physics, things that move have a tendency to move. Things that don't move have a tendency right. not to. And that's just how it is. <laughs> you know, you but, can't but pound a square peg in a round hole. 
And uh, that's one of the things I like about your approach. You always uh, refocus everything you're saying on the fact that uh, we're each different, we're each unique, and we, we, we need to continuously change. We need to evolve what we're doing. We need to uh, improve that life doesn't stand still and neither should you. So those are all like phenomenally powerful uh, um, messages that you reinforce with examples. Well, it's, I don't like to say, I don't like to uh, uh, refer to it as a common sense approach because common sense, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, you've heard people, okay, usually older people, uh-huh. 50, year, 50 years old or whatever, and they'll look at some young person <laughs> in, their, uh, in their 20s or their uh, teens and they'll say, and, you know, that kid's pretty good with book learning, but he doesn't have a lick of common sense. Well, let me tell you something. If you ask that same person, really, what's your definition uh-huh. of common sense? And he won't answer right away. He'll have to think. And they usually hem and, uh, hem and haw, and they'll come up with all these elaborate uh, definitions of common sense. Let me tell you, common sense is nothing more than experience, and that's all it is. So, mm-hmm. in essence, how can you expect a teenager with only 19 years of life have the same sense that a 50-year-old has. Right. You know, a 50-year-old is two and a half times as, uh, as has the benefit of two and a half times uh, as, as much time for, for learning. He's already touched that stove and burned his hand, Okay. This is like a young child. You can tell the young child not to touch that stove, okay? Well, okay. Sooner or later, even if it's by accident, they will touch the stove, and they'll say, wow, that old guy was right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So from the common sense aspect, it's nothing more than experience. And I never beat up anybody, and I never uh, 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 ridicule anybody that, uh, you know, that, doesn't know as much as I do. And and by the way, the older I get, the less I think I know. Believe like Socrates. Well, it, it could be, but what I'm saying is, you know, you would think that, you know, I've got all my ducks in a row. Well, the older I get, it opens up more Pandora's box, see? And, and I have to look at things from a far different perspective. But it's because right. of the experiences that I've had. I look back, even with, with our children or even with other young folk, you know. I will start by saying, look, it's important for you to do what you want. Do it your way. Personally, I would suggest you do it this way. But don't uh-huh. necessarily... Do it my way. Try my way. That's all I ask is that for you to weigh and consider. What was that? Uh, what is his name? Sir, I think it's Sir Francis, uh, Sir Francis Drake. Okay. Uh, uh, the quote, and I, I use it quite often. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, part of it is weigh and consider. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, I think it is anyway. We can uh, have like a, the gist of it, and then we can look at it for next time. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's just a. Uh, uh, it, 
what the, what the gist of it is is don't don't take I'm I'm not putting this out there for you to absolutely positively do it this way and, uh-huh. and uh, you know forlorn all other ways. I'm simply putting it out there for you to weigh and consider what I'm saying. And then when you get enough information say from a variety of different people on how to do something, then select your own way. And, right. and that is vital. I, I, I can't say enough good things about that because, you know, some people are stubborn and they feel that my way is the only way. You know, like I say to some people, I say, you know, they name street signs after you. And they say, what's that? One way. <laughs> if you only know how to do something one way, what happens if that one way is not possible? You're at a handicap. It's, it's 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 a good idea to have a variety of different ways, and a variety uh, will keep you from getting stagnant. That's another very important point. With all of your training and all of your exercises and everything, it's very easy to fall into a rut. Yes, it and is. That 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 rut is because you're doing uh, something over and over, and that by definition is monotony. And monotony. Uh, will just simply drive you up the wall. It's important to change it out. Just like in your gym. You say you have a home gym and what have you. Say you've got adjustable plate-loading barbells. Maybe you've got strands. Maybe you've got uh, kettlebells or Indian clubs. Oh, there's just so many different things that you can use, okay? Uh-huh. And, and uh, a bench or what have you. And, and this is the way you have your room arranged. Well, if you're bo- if, if if you feel boredom is creeping up, and you need variety. I have told people to do things like, for example, move things around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even if it's uh, if you, if you have uh, uh, things in a certain pattern, north south, uh, change it up to be east west. Move everything. Turn your bench 180 degrees. Uh, turn your bench 90 degrees. Uh, put it in a different corner of the room. Uh, your barbell plates, paint them. Yeah, if they're black, paint them blue. <laughs> if they're blue, paint them red. If they're red, paint them. Uh, That's awesome. Paint them green. I mean, you know, in the old days when Alan Calvert first started manufacturing uh, uh, barbell plates and globular weights and all of his weights, except for the bars, uh, he painted them black, okay? And, and, and the reason he painted them black was the same reason Henry Ford, the, 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 the famous uh, automobile manufacturer, he painted them black because uh-huh. black paint was cheap. And although there was color paint, back in those days it was very expensive and it took longer to dry so henry ford would say you can have any color you want as long as it's black <laughs> that was one of his one of his quotes but alan calvert painted all the barbell plates black even today you will see black barbell plates but however mm-hmm. over the years in the 40s and 50s especially you had gold plates you had blue plates green plates okay I've seen red plates, all right? So for a can of spray paint, which is very cheap, uh-huh. and incidentally, some of the uh, uh, spray paint today dries very quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. it dries 15, 20 minutes. Throw all your uh, spread newspapers on the floor. Throw all your plates out there. Paint them. When they dry, flip them over, paint them. Never before Put them back on the bars or on your uh, storage rack or whatever. Make it a whole different approach. And in some cases, it'll feel as though, wow, this is a brand new plate. It just 
there's some sort of excitement. You know, it's like washing your car. You ever wash your car, and it always seems like it it drives better, you know. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the function of the car, believe me, you know. <laughs> the, whether like the it. engine's tuned, it just feels better, okay? Mm-hmm. You clean, you vacuum the inside of it and everything. You just feel better about it, okay? Well, it's the same way with your gym, okay? Avoid the clutter, put everything around, and in many cases, change the exercise arrangement. Uh, maybe you start out with the tough exercises at first. You know, I'm going to get these out of the way. You know, and everybody hates a squat. That's the one exercise, you know. That's the one exercise everybody loves to hate is the squat, you know. Well, leave the squat at the end. Okay, uh-huh. put it at the end and start out with pressing, okay. Do your presses, your upper body stuff, and then go to the lower body, okay, and and uh, and, and try that out. In fact, you may get better results by doing that. You don't know until you try. And don't fall for the way that some people will tout their exercise regimens. In other words, look at that guy, Steve Reeves, for example. You know, everybody's familiar with him. They claim he's the best Hercules that ever was. Okay. Uh Well, let me tell you, whatever he did, he would look like that. Okay. It was nothing special. Uh-huh. Everybody thinks, wow, I want to see his exercise routine. I want to see it because, you know, whatever that is, it's the holy grail. You know, that's that's the ultimate combination of reps and sets and, and resistance and everything. And if I do that just like he did, that will translate to looking like that. No, it won't. Okay. It's a very <laughs> cosmetic uh, point of view when you use something and you're using uh, 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 uh functionality okay mm-hmm. it will make you strong and if you can do those exercises and with that resistance and with those repetitions that will translate to mean that you are strong as he is in those areas it doesn't make any difference it's not going to uh, uh, translate to looking like him uh-huh. you know, he was born he was born with a certain proportion okay that's in his DNA. Okay, he's one in a million. All right, it's like Paul Anderson. You've heard of Paul Anderson, the lifter. Any yes. of these big power lifters today that went to the Arnold, and you'll see them all over YouTube and everything. They're built like a, you know, they, you know, they're built like the proverbial smokehouse. They're huge. Okay. Uh-huh. For them to do any type of Steve Reeves workout, I pretty much guarantee you they would never look like Steve Reeves. Because they have a tendency to look like they do. Many of them have big bones, big connections, okay? And, and you know, Steve Reeves had a very narrow waist. I've seen pictures of him when he was a teenager. You know, he had a 20, 22, 23-inch waist as a teenager. You know, and he had the long clavicles, which translates to broad shoulders, Okay. And you could say the same thing about Arnold. Arnold was long boned. Reg Park, long boned. Uh-huh. The one thing that, uh, speaking of Schwarzenegger, when he was a teenager and he was just starting to train, the first thing that developed was his biceps. He always had extraordinary biceps, even when he was around 18, 19 years old. And he was training uh-huh. in Europe. And he was entering the uh, the local contests in Europe. He had the biceps. He was smooth, okay, 
and he had, uh, but he had the biceps stood out for some reason. The shape of that muscle in his case, the the uh, tendon connections to the joints and what have you was was suitable to have huge biceps, the long belly, as they refer mm-hmm. to. So uh, don't try to pattern yourself after a particular individual unless you look like that person to begin with, very similar to that person. You know, you have seen people, like, for example, have you ever seen pictures of Arnold's son? Okay. He's yes. got the son by the, okay, by the relationship he had. If you've seen him side by side with Arnold, you will see that he has the genetics that he inherited, at least from Arnold. I don't know what her side of the family, but you can see it. You can say to yourself, man, look at that. He's got the potential at his age. You can see he's got the weights, he's got the muscle, he's got the biceps, he's got the shoulders. So, and the abs, he's already got a six-pack, you know, and, and stuff like that. So how far he goes with it is anybody. It's up to him. Yeah. yeah, he may lose interest in it. He may say, oh, throw in the towel. You know, and then you've got, you know, tens of thousands of young men that are saying, you fool, how could you do that? <laughs> I would do anything to be in your shoes. Well, some people lose interest in certain things. They just do. They have the talent. They have the God-given genetics and what have you, but they, they lose it. But all of this being said, Hercules, the most important thing uh-huh. is whatever you do in all of your training, okay, you will better yourself. You'll be better tomorrow than what you are yesterday today. by training today. The 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 improvement, uh, be it ever so slightly, will improve you from a functional standpoint of view than possibly from a cosmetic standpoint of view, okay? Uh, you have seen people that are functionally very, very strong. They don't look strong, mm-hmm. but they are. You've seen them. they got the long, the long gangly, stringy uh, uh, type body. Uh, they're ungodly strong, okay? They just have that from possibly what they do for a living or from training, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to involve uh, barbells and dumbbells. They could be gymnasts. They could be judoists. Uh, uh, any of that stuff, boxers and stuff like that, all develops, you know, the body. But it will definitely improve you and eat properly. But nutrition is a whole different subject. That that it is. And how about we tackle that next time since you've uh, taken us on a very comprehensive journey through all the different factors uh, uh, that are necessary to successfully establishing a firm foundation on which to build. Uh, I know we've touched on diet before and you have a lot of uh, very interesting uh, uh, takes based on years of collective experience uh, as well as your own. So I would love to do that show. Um, and uh, we can, if that topic gets covered quickly, we can focus on uh, building mass as opposed to, you know, not building mass. Sound, sure. sound good? Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, you're incredible. I enjoy, I look forward to this time uh, every month, and 
Um, I'm looking forward to next month already. Um, I wish you great success. I have links to your uh, Facebook page, to uh, your website. Uh, I heartily recommend your free newsletter to everybody. They can get it through the website. Um, Is there any other thing you'd like to share with folks before we wrap up or any uh, contact information you'd like to add? No, my my uh, my website says it all. If you go there, it's uh, www.superstrengthtraining.com, and on every page there is a little box that asks for your uh, um, uh, name, first and last name, and uh, email address. In return, you get a free um, newsletter every day, and and uh, there's no charge, no uh, none of that. And I I reiterate many of the topics. And uh, I touch on a variety of different subjects. I also, yes. if people have questions, I answer their questions if I have time in, uh, in the future emails. And I try to get the, uh, 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 the information out there. I publish uh, what I feel are some of the best classic books on training uh, by all the big names. Uh, and they all get results. Many of them are touted as the uh, best books available on any given subject. And uh, they get results. Uh, people like uh, Reg Park, uh, Arthur Saxon, uh, George Hackenschmidt, Anthony Datello, uh, and all different types of uh, uh, training topics. I have books on hand balancing. Uh, I have books on body weight training as well as uh, as uh, adjustable plate loading barbells and dumbbells. So there's something there that uh, uh, that once again will break. Uh, the monotony of training and give you a, a, a different approach. Sampling different approaches is vital. And many times, if you do it long enough, you will stumble across something that makes all the difference in the world. I wholeheartedly agree, and I would recommend that everyone visit uh, the site. It is an adventure, and it's always uh, fun. Uh, thanks again, uh, Bill. The universe has uh, blessed me in many ways, but what, and one of the ways it's blessed me in, in meeting incredibly awesome people uh, uh, through these uh, podcasts, and you're definitely included in that number. I also have awesome listeners who occasionally uh, write to me and share uh, their thoughts on the show, so I'm very grateful for that. Uh, until next time, uh, this is Hercules wishing you all the very best. May your journeys be joyous and your adventures be productive. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.